Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey yo! Welcome in once again. Tom, we are at episode 20 of the TFA Dino Show. What, I come in too hot for you? Oh, yeah, I, I was just looking around. I was, Jesus. Hey, what up? <laughs> I had to come in hot and heavy, man. We're, we're at 20 episodes. Who thought uh, the fancy authority would let us just keep going like this? I, I mean, they don't really have a choice. We're not fucking leaving. They can take away the mics. They can take away our chairs, but they cannot take away our freedom. What do you think about That's that? That's true. Just like you can't <laughs> break the spirit of all these investors buying up GameStop, you, you can't break our spirits either, okay? We're going to stick it to the man this episode. Yeah, I'm not sticking it to anybody, but, I mean, that, that's going to get you some COVID, I think. So don't don't go sticking it in anywhere. Um, Robbie's got his face painted. He's so excited right now. He's looking like Braveheart. In like, but it's blue and, like, gray, so it's more of, like, a Dallas thing. Um, you didn't so even yeah. comment on my shirt. This is going to be really good I podcasting. I can't see your shirt. What does that say? So, repping uh, South Dakota from one of the overlooked states in the plains. And I'm repping a little squad. It's Mount Rushmore with the shades on. Squad. Yeah. Okay. You know, most people don't even remember if Mount Rushmore is in North Dakota or South Dakota. And I just think that's just it's just bad geography, guys. Come on. That's selfish. Like, so what's the capital of South Dakota? Oh, I want you to pronounce it first because I know you're going to butcher this. No, you tell me what it is. No, you go first. No, B- Bismarck is North Dakota, right? Yes. In South Dakota, give me give me the first letter. I'm forgetting it right now. P. Pierre. <laughs> yes, it's Pierre, not Pierre. No, it's, it's Pierre. It's Pierre. Like I Listen, like I like I I've been I've been walk. through Pierre, and there were frogs the with French hats. And no, it's Pierre. Listen, my teachers told me it was Pierre. I'm not going to believe you for shit. Yeah, they lied. They lied. They you can never trust those teachers in Philadelphia. South Jersey. Same difference, I guess, though, huh? Yeah, basically. Can't even pronounce Pierre? South yeah, Pierre? All right, Tom. Let's uh, let the people know why they tuned in for this podcast, to listen to us uh, banter back and forth. covering. That's why, That's why they tuned uh, in. Oh, to listen to us banter? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's banter about a little bit of fantasy football here. We're going over the running backs and tight ends of this free agent class of 2021. I think there's a lot of movers and shakers at the top, and and it kind of dives out in the middle. But then I think we have a lot of sleepers that we're going to talk about and see where they land um, this upcoming year, kind of project some of that. Tom, as you know, we always start the show off with a question of the week. And with the Super Bowl coming up, what was your favorite Super Bowl to watch live? You have a couple extra years on me, so you had a wider range to choose from. 
What did you select? I think I know I you do, probably did. I do, but I'm going to stay fairly recent. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a couple though here, and I'll probably wind up hitting on yours, but not very long. Elway's first Super Bowl was really good when he actually beat Green Bay against Favre. You probably don't remember that one. Uh, do you remember mm-hmm. the greatest show on turf and the Music City Miracle oh, I- when they beat when they beat them? That was really good. Good on the one yard yes, line. More one yard New line. England against New England against uh, Seattle. Malcolm Butler was an awesome game to watch. I really enjoyed Atlanta falling apart after being ahead twenty-eight to three because I took a live bet at the half that New England would win the game. <laughs> so I made a lot of money on that. Wow. But we all know what it is: the Eagles beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl was amazing for me. Mm-hmm. Not just as a fan, but the storyline. Robbie, you have to admit the storyline was pretty damn cool. I know. So the but the so the storyline was good. The Eagles go in with a backup QB and beat the greatest coach and quarterback to ever be in football. 879 passing yards in the game. Brady went over 500 and lost. Over a thousand total offensive yards. 74 points. The Philly special, and then Gronk almost comes down with that Hail Mary at the end of the game. Uh, I honestly didn't think it was over until like five seconds after, and I swear somebody had to splash water on me or something because I was about to faint. Um, (laughs) That was my Super Bowl to watch, not just as a fan. Uh, If you remember the following year, (laughs) we got New England against the offensive wonderkind, Sean McVay, Mm -hmm. and they put up 16 total points. And that was, without a doubt, the worst Super Bowl I have ever watched. It was so boring. I think I fell asleep during it. I'm I'm pretty sure I did. I fell asleep. I can remember I was on leave from the Marine Corps, I think, or it was right before I went in, in the Indianapolis. No, it was the Pittsburgh-Arizona game. And the second half turned out to be really good. I fell asleep in the first half where it was nothing going on. Okay, because um, guess which one is my favorite Super Bowl? That one? Oh, absolutely. Super Bowl 43, 2009. Look at, look at that segue. Yes, perfect segue, as but, if we tuned it up. But, but, but yeah. as we have a perfect segue, I'm going to derail it and go back because I wanted to make a comment on your Eagles. How about the stars from that game? Nick Foles, Corey Clement, Trey Burton. <laughs> Yeah. How about that? Huh? I, know. I know. I think that's I mean, Ertz, uh, Ertz obviously played – like he had the winning right. touchdown. Right. Um, and the then play. it came down to – if you remember, the officiating in that game actually changed. Um, with they, they weren't really screwing around too much with uh, the ball movement after – on Ertz's touchdown, the ball hit the ground, and the announcers were saying it wasn't going to be a touchdown. And then if you talk to – uh, oh man, who was the ref of that game? I can't remember his name. Now he does everything for CBS. He's their ref guy. That was the last game he ever did. I forget. But he was he basically came out and said, yeah, we got basically got told that's kind of going to be the, what the rule is and you're not going to handle it like we've been handling a little bit. So they kind of changed things a little bit there on the fly. Um, but it was the pass interference. There was like no pass interference calls. And you're sitting there and you're watching Gronk push people around like five yards back. And then Alshon pushes off of somebody else to make a catch. And you're like, I guess they're letting him play. <laughs> but that game was, that was pretty good. And the stars in that game, you're right. And even LeGarrette Blunt, I think he had 90 yards against his former team. 
So it was yeah, that was crazy. A really good, really fun game. I mean, the 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 reason I chose uh, the Steelers and and the Cardinals was one. It was it was I'm, I'm a little bit younger, you know, so I'm I'm, I'm really starting to dive in and, and know a lot of these players. And that second half was just so back and forth. You you thought it was going to be the Steelers for sure. They jumped out to a a lead at halftime. I remember James Harrison basically picks up, uh, or I think it was an interception. Oh. 100 yards, you know, you're thinking he's going to get tackled three or four end zone. You see him a little bit later. He's on oxygen on the sideline because he's never ran that long in his entire career. He never would again. So that, <laughs> and then you think it's over and Arizona just starts coming back because Larry Fitz, this is Larry Fitz was old then. This is in 2009. He was probably 27. We thought, okay, he's going to retire in a couple of years. Well, we're still saying that now. And he has a, a huge bomb touchdown. I think it was you know 60 plus yard. And then the touchdown to Santonio Holmes in the back corner of the end zone from Roethlisberger. I mean, that's a that's a play that'll live in my mind for a long time because he just threaded it just just where he where Holmes could catch it, um, toe drags it and brings it in. And, and that that play ends up being you know one of the game winners. So that was a really fun game to watch going back and forth. That was I think Heinz Ward was at the end of his career. I don't remember if he was done after that, but I loved watching Heinz Ward, you know, as a kid. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was one of the better ones, but you're right. I think we've got a, a lot of good uh, Super Bowls recently, just because of back and how back and forth they went. Yeah, no. And I think the Super Bowl we have coming up should be uh, a lot of fun to watch too. One, So one other interesting note, I watched the Super Bowl from Ramadi, Iraq. That was Peyton Manning's only Super Bowl that he won. Um, so that was pretty cool. So that wasn't the, uh, the beat down year where I think they lost 43 to six or something. No, that wasn't, that wasn't, uh, no, no. And there was the bears they played, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was Indian, the bears. It was the only, I think we just got like a TV in there, like the day before and we had to watch it. Was it six o'clock? We were up at two in the morning watching the Super Bowl over there. Yeah. Because that's what time it started. So that was there was like three people in there. Everybody else was uh was sleeping or, or on post. We'd just gotten back from a patrol, so our squad got kind of lucky. Nice. Throwback to Rex Grossman playing in a Super Bowl where oh. Tony Romo doesn't even make it past the NFC championship. Gosh. Some guys that's have all classic. the luck. <laughs> so classic Tom, we're gonna jump Romo. into the, no no classic cowboys never surrounding him with a defense Ooh. at all. But we can't get into that right now. We're jumping into free agency, talking running backs and tight ends. But before we do that, I want to give just an overview uh, of who has money, who doesn't have any money, You know, who could be players uh, this year. We're looking at the salary cap for 2021 being around 176 to 180 million. They have to kind of finalize that, but that's what it's projected at. You know, The teams with the most money, we're talking the Jags, Jets, Colts, Pats, Washington and Cincy, you know, the Jags at the top with 73 mil all the way down to Cincinnati with 34 mil and then teams with absolutely no money. They need to cut a bunch of players and and move a lot of salary around just to get um, back under the cap. That would be the Saints, Eagles, Falcons, Packers, Rams and Steelers. They're all under by at least 20 mil all the way up to 96 mil for the Saints. So they have a lot of work to do. Probably will be pretty quiet in free agency, you know, and and Packers are, are one of these teams that don't have a lot of money. And we're going to start right with the running backs and start with Aaron Jones. You know, this is a guy that we didn't think he was going to do what he did, uh, re- repeat from 2019 to 2020, 
and he happens to be great again. And now he comes up uh, for his year uh, to get a new contract. They don't give him one. Spotrack has him at $40 million per, and Green Bay doesn't have any money. What's going to happen there, Tom? What did you say they have him at? They have him at about four years, 56 mil. So that's 14 million per year. Man, I don't know if anybody's going to be shelling that kind of money out with the cap falling, even with the money situations. Um, I will tell you who I think has a fit and a need. Uh, Teams that I think definitely need one. The Dolphins, even though uh, Ahmed and Gaskin performed well, really good there. Uh, the Jets, Houston, you know, that David Johnson trade was amazing at all, but uh, yeah, they still need a running back. Atlanta, San Francisco, uh, Mostert's like 38 years old already, even though he still runs really fast and gets hurt. Um, I think teams that should or might need an upgrade, the Patriots, I think they have a need. Uh, Denver, even though they have Gordon, they can still save money by cutting him. Uh, Lindsay's still cheap. And maybe Tampa Bay. I don't know. That'll be interesting. We'll get to Tampa Bay uh, a little bit later on. Teams that will, if their starters leave, Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona with Drake, and Pittsburgh with Connor, and they have no money. Uh, So that's 12 teams we're talking about. We're talking about a bunch of guys on this list, and there's rookies coming in. So it's going to be really interesting because teams like Pittsburgh, for example, they're probably just not going to have a choice to let Connor go because they can't pay anything. Um, Favorite fit for Aaron Jones would be Arizona. I would love to see him with Kyler. Uh, Second favorite fit would probably be San Francisco because that is the running back dream landing spot that we've never gotten. Tevin Coleman does not count. I don't care what anybody ever said. Um, I think Chris Carson also fits in there nicely. Um, Third favorite fit, Miami. I would really like to see him there with Tua. I know Gaskin and Ackman are there, uh, but they have a lot of cap space, and Aaron Jones would look good in that offense as well. So, um, yeah, what do you think about those? I think they're good. I, th- I think what's tough is is what you said at the very beginning. Who's going to pay him, pay a running back this money in a year, our first year where the cap's actually going to go down? Like every single year we've gone up, 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 and this year we're going to drop you know, roughly 20 million, maybe even $25 million um, on the cap. So, you know, I think the running backs are probably a position that people are going to go cheaper on. Now, Aaron Jones is that one commodity that you can say, this is our guy. He can carry the rock. You know, he averages over five yards per carry for his career. He's absolutely electric, um, was a touchdown machine with Rogers. And so he, he deserves that. Right. But Will he get it? And so, um, so yeah, I, I think the one team that has the money and could make him their their full work, workhorse back would be the Jets. And you briefly mentioned them. Um, they're a fit that I, I can see happening. You know, we have uh, Brother LaFleur coming in. Obviously, he was the, the passing games coordinator for San Francisco. So, you know, probably didn't work directly, you know, with those running backs a ton. But, you know, was part of that offense that always seemed to, to produce good running backs, part of that Shanahan tree. So, you know, I, I would like seeing – Aaron Jones go to the Jets there. Yeah. So I actually, I had to repeat you saying 14 because I thought you said 14 and I couldn't believe you said 14. Um, so McCaffrey's average per year is 16, Kamara and Zeke are at 15. And then you have David Johnson, whose deal doesn't necessarily count anymore at 13. But 
guys who just signed deals last year, Dalvin Cook, um, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, all $12 million, 12.5, 12.6. And then you have Kenyon Drake who played on the uh, transition at 8.4. Right. I don't think he's getting 14. I think he's going to wind up getting closer to like 10 or 11 if he's lucky. Well, Tom, you got to remember that all those contracts are probably backloaded. So their first year is going to be 12. Their second year is going to be 13, 14. Their third year is going to be 14, 15. Their last year is going to be 16, 17. So the average per year is going to be 14. But those first two years will probably be under or at 14. So, yeah, while oh, Joe Mixon oh, is at 12, 12.5 this year, next year he's going to be over 14. So, yeah, I, I hear you there. But I think he's Aaron Jones is probably right in that realm with a Joe Mixon. He's probably right in that realm. Um, you know, he's below Alvin Kamara, I would say. So, yeah, I, I think this is a little bit high. He's probably more in that that 12 million dollar uh, a year range so he starts off with 10 but again that's still a lot of money to, to shell out for some of these teams so aside from the the jets or if some team pats i don't even think they'd do it you know they they have a couple backs there they, they probably wouldn't invest that much in a running back yeah I, I don't think so either it's just i'm trying to find where it's going to happen and there's just there's not as many spots uh you see all the vacancies but for a guy like Aaron Jones, who's going to be looking for money, I don't necessarily know if he's going to wind up getting a four-year deal. Why is he going to play in a four-year deal when it's going to be a shorter you know, or a, a cheaper deal because of COVID? Why not, if you're Aaron Jones, take a one-year or two-year deal where you're getting $14 million a year? Because in that circumstance, I think teams would possibly pay him $14 million. Yeah, but the tough thing with one to two year deal with running backs is if he gets injured one of those years, then all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at a, a worse deal. You're now 28 years old when you sign a deal. You're not getting a four year deal when you're 28. So if you want to cash in, now is that second contract. You got to cash in now. So I hear what you're but saying, you, but it's just not advantageous. If, if you look at fully guaranteed money, uh, Dalvin, 16 million, Derrick Henry, 25.5, Mixon, 10 million fully guaranteed total guaranteed Henry's at 25 mix in 10 and Dalvin's at 28. So their guaranteed money that they're getting is, is not a lot because like you said, they are running back. So Aaron Jones for a running back doesn't have a ton of miles on him because of the way that they used him. So if he believes in himself, maybe a one year deal is the way to go. Uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure. And then the cap goes back up. And then he can get franchise tagged on that next. Who knows? It depends on how he wants to live. But the finances of it just it it sucks for him to be a free agent right now and the top free agent at that at that particular position. It's always rough being a running back and a free agent and getting a deal. But this year makes it yep. even rougher. Yep. And the other guy I have is a locked-in starter. I only have two in this top category, and I'd say that there's a decent chasm between them in, in dynasty value, but Aaron Jones is number one, and then Chris Carson coming in at number two for free agent running backs. His Spotrack estimation is four years, $29 million, which is about $7 million per year. The problem with that is the way Chris Carson runs is I don't think any team really gives him a four-year. I think he's more of a three-year deal, probably gets more than a two-year but he is uh, significantly cheaper than Aaron Jones. And, and you talked about the Dolphins earlier. 
And I think this is a, a player that would really complement either Gaskin or Ahmed really well in the way Chris Carson plays because he can kind of do it all, but he's definitely a hard runner. He, he's he's north and south, and he kind of runs a little recklessly, which is why he's kind of dinged up every now and then. And so I think he, he being paired with Ahmed or uh, Gaskin would be a really good tandem in Miami. Yeah, that's a fantasy nightmare where Carson's value just completely takes a dump as far as fantasy value goes, it's not going to happen, but I'd love to see, see him go to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh has no money. Um, they're going to have to restructure Big Ben. Their owner basically came out and said he's not coming back on that contract. He needs something to, you know, he needs to do something and, and restructure. Um, I think Carson would be a good fit there. Yeah, I mean, I could, San Fran would be a decent fit as well. They do have money. Uh, and then him making that jump to kind of get back at, Seattle for not re-signing him. Uh, they seem to always do something like that. So that's another interesting fit, I would think. Is there any chance he comes back with Seattle? Now, we got to remember Penny is supposedly going to be back healthy here for the 2021 season. They drafted Travis Homer. They drafted DJ Dallas. Are, do, are they just moving on from him? It's going to be too expensive to bring him back? I think they're going to move on from him because they are a smart franchise and they will wind up gaining him a comp pick. Yeah, and I that's agree. What teams like that too. Yeah, I think they really like him there, and you know, Pete Carroll loves you know establish the run. You know, that's that's his mantra. But would it surprise you if they just draft another late round running back, and now you have Penny, this new guy, Dallas Homer, and they just figure out a way to to get production out of those four? No, it also wouldn't surprise me if they drafted a guy like Najee or Javante really early. Yep, Carroll did say he wanted to get back uh, back to his roots uh, and continue to establish mm-hmm. the run. So uh, he is not down with letting Russ cook as we all so, have wanted. Real quick, I thought it was kind of funny. You had uh, There was rumors that Doug Peterson was going to uh, interview for the Seattle job, and it was like three days after they said Pete Carroll wanted to get back to the run. <laughs> and right. I just started laughing. I was like, I was like okay, that's going to work out for the run. <laughs> hey, Russ, that would be nice. But, uh, yeah, that's not happening. Yes, that is the uh, square block in the round hole for sure. Yeah. Okay, moving on to what I would classify as like the could be a starter, could be a backup, probably a timeshare type of guy, 1A, 1B. I have Kenyon Drake, James Conner, and Leonard Fournette. Playoff Lenny, end of the year, uh, Leonard Fournette has come out, and he's been absolutely uh, tearing it up. You know, let's just start with him at the bottom. Tampa is kind of in a spot where they could resign him if it's cheap enough, but with drafting Keyshawn Vaughn, they still have Ronald Jones on the roster. Probably let him walk, I would guess. Where, where are you at with that? That all depends on what Tom Brady wants, to tell you the truth. I think if Tom Brady wants to bring him back, then they'll bring him back because he's not going to cost a lot. I don't think he gets more than four, $4 million. On his Even the way contract. he's played. Yeah. yeah, because it's still an entire body. Just because it's the playoffs doesn't necessarily mean he's – uh, going to make a ton more money because of the position that he plays. So I think um, it's he, he did really good and he made himself some money because he – what was that deal? Like a million dollars that he wound up getting? Like one right. year, one mil? Um, so he made himself some money. But I, I think the best spot for him is going to be Tampa because uh, he doesn't necessarily have to go out and carry the ball 30 times a game. And, you know, he's going to go for there. He's basically – Tom Brady's the Garrett Blunt. You know where I really like him? I like him with the L.A. Chargers. I think him being the 1B to Austin Eckler, 
would be a really good tandem uh, for Justin Herbert in that offense. And I think that's one where it wouldn't ruin his fantasy value and it wouldn't ruin Austin Eckler's either. Um, I think they could be a good tandem and, and both be fantasy relevant. That's a spot I really like. And they have the money to do it. Yeah, that would be a really good fit. All right, what about Kenyon Drake or James Conner? What do you got on them? These are two tough, really tough fits. I'm not sure if either is going to be back there because I think Kenyon Drake is going to have to take a pay cut from what he made last year on the transition tag. And generally speaking, if you have to take a pay cut like that, you're not going back to the team that you just left. I think Connor's also going to leave because Pittsburgh has no money. I think both can be useful running backs. So it all really depends on the landing spot. Um, I think I could see James Connor being a really good fit in New England. Um, he can catch the ball like we saw, and then you can have Damian Harris run the ball like he was running the ball because he really wasn't involved that much in the passing game. So I think he's a good fit there. Kenyon Drake, uh, wouldn't it be funny if he went back to Miami now that they have a, a an actual head coach? <laughs> that would be. Um, I could see Atlanta jumping on Kenyon Drake. Um, I think he'd also be a good fit in San Francisco. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I just don't know what these guys get. I think this right, level, I, I said this in the intro, I think the middling level running back really gets screwed with this market because Kenyon Drake and James Conner are probably guys that deserve, you know, five mil a season and to get to get jobs right away. But I think these are two guys that are probably gonna have to wait a little bit. And I just don't see them getting the money that they probably deserve. You know, Arizona is going to need another running back. I mean, they like Chase Edmond. They had a seventh-round rookie. I'm blanking on his name. But they're not going to go into the season with just those two on the roster. So they're going to have somebody. If Kenyon Drake can be cheap enough, maybe they bring him back. But some someone's going to go there, I think. And then for Pittsburgh, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane was a fourth-round pick for them. You know, they still have Jalen Samuels. I think he might be a free agent, though. He might be lower on our list. So, say that again? He, was, he might be restricted because he was a late pick. Yeah, so you, you feel like they're probably going to have to do something at the draft because their their salary cap situation isn't good. But, yeah, I don't think James Conner comes back just because he's had too many injuries. It's a great story, you know, him, yeah. him battling everything he did and then filling in for Le'Veon Bell during the holdout year. I think it's a great story, but I think that's kind of the end of the road. Uh, I'm not really looking to buy either of these guys. Honestly, as much as I don't love Leonard Fournette, I think he's the guy I'm most intrigued dynasty-wise out of this group because, like like I said before, if he lands in a spot where he's that power back to someone else's receiving uh, back, like uh, with the L.A. Chargers or some team like that, maybe Miami is another option kind of like him to keep going because he's not old like we act like Leonard Fournette is really yeah. old but he was a part of that 2017 class you know for fourth overall pick so he's not old and I think he can still have two or three more successful years and so if he gets a two or three year deal I think that's a guy that people sleep on and and if you're a contender that's a guy you should be trying to trade for pretty cheap all right Tom now we're going to the the uglies the the backup yeah. running backs there yeah, are some, some diamonds diamonds in the roughs I, I like some of these guys but I'll just name off some of them, and I'll let you kind of pick and, and go where you will. Uh, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Philip Lindsay, Mike Davis, James White, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, Jamal Williams, Marlon Mack, Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Kalen Balage. Who do you like out of this group or somebody that you might target if they land in the right spot? 
I think Marlon Mack is a very intriguing one because we know he's not going to go back there. Uh, he early he injured his knee early enough in the season where he should be a hundred percent. So I, a lot of these guys, I think, are going to be playing on one-year deals, uh, and the only reason that they would be on two-year deals would be to spread their cap out this year. Um, and that's another thing we have to look at with these running back contracts is those back end years are they're dummy years. Basically it's, it's a four year deal. No, it's a two year deal. It just extends the cap hit a little bit for the team. Uh, I think James White's another one who can be very useful depending on the, the team that he goes to. Um, those are the two that I would probably pick out of that group. I don't know if Le'Veon Bell has anything left to tell you the truth. Um, I don't even, I don't even, they should be using, somebody should be using him to catch the ball like exclusively. Right. Because he was such a good wide receiver and it's not happening. Now, I don't know if that's because he didn't have a lot of time in KC to actually learn everything, but he's, he's been out there enough to do it and they just haven't thrown the ball to the running backs that much this year. So if he goes to a team and there's another running back in front of him and he can, focus on you know third down being a receiving back he can kind of resuscitate his career a little bit but i mean other than that like bell scares the hell out of me and i'm not investing anything in him yeah i'm probably throwing some fourths out for some of these guys because i think they're really intriguing if they land in the right spot you know you talked about marlon mack i think he's definitely gone chris ballard has basically said they're going to move on from him give him a new uh, start. Obviously their running back room is, is looking really good right now with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. You know, if Drake were to leave Arizona, I think Marlon Mack would be a good one, two punch with Chase Edmonds. Obviously that's not the fantasy room that we want. We want the one guy we can plug him in. He's the starter, but I think Marlon Mack is a good complimentary back to what Chase Edmonds does. And, and you talked about James White. I'm going to be the flip side. I think he's a player that I'm selling for whatever I can I think he made his hay off of just getting a ton of, of catches from Tom Brady. We saw this last year. He kind of splits time with Rex Burthead when he's healthy. Um, he, he doesn't get the same amount of work. Obviously, Cam Newton's a totally different quarterback, but he's going to be 29. He's a guy that I'm probably just – if someone will take something, I'm moving off of him. But some other guys I'm interested in, Jamal Williams, like <laughs> what a career for him. Like he was the absolute jag of a running back. And then, like this last year, he just kind of grew on me because he just runs super hard. You know, he's improved his yards per carry. You know, he can catch out of the backfield. I think that's something that was always overlooked for him. So I like him maybe if he lands in the right spot. And then Jeff Wilson Jr., I think, is an ultimate buy low. You talked earlier about uh, Raheem Mostert, how he's always hurt. Well, if they don't bring anybody in and it's Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Jamichael Hasty, I want all the Jeff Wilson I can get because he's that next running back up, and we've seen – him be successful in that offense and then it's it's just him and Mostert with Hasty on the back end there so I really like him Gus Edwards it'll be interesting to see what they do I believe they so tend Gus, yeah sorry go ahead I was going to talk about Gus Edwards so just sorry yeah Gus Edwards is another guy I think is kind of interesting I believe they put a tender on him last year is that right Tom yeah I believe so so now he's unrestricted so they have to sign him to a deal so I don't know if they if they spend capital on him, but they really like him there as kind of that compliment with J.K. Dobbins. So I'm really interested to see what he does. He's just – he doesn't look like a runner that's going to get you five yards per carry, but he just does. He just goes – 230-some pounds who's just going to, you know, use his will to get you those extra two yards. Yes, he gets contacted three yards or two yards, and 
he pushes forwards a little bit. So uh, good fits for him. I keep going back to Pittsburgh with some of these bigger, more physical running backs because that seems like what we have. And this is really just a transition year for them at running back unless they draft a guy like Najee um, or Javante Williams out there. So I think Gus Edwards would be good there. Seattle would be another really good fit there. Um, I think that would make you think, like if Gus Edwards went went out to Seattle, you just like, wait a minute, is this is this going to be Carson again? Because he's just a big physical running back, and if that's what they want to do, they're going to use him. So I just looked it up because I wanted to make sure I had it right, and it has him as a restricted free agent. So I think that changes it a little bit for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If if the Ravens put a you know a third round or a second round tender on him. I don't think anybody else pays that, to be honest with you. They don't want to give up a second for Gus Edwards. A third, probably not. And I think a third-round tender is all you'd need to keep him there for the Ravens. And and he just keeps that running back room healthy for how many attempts they give the running back. So, you know, now that I see that he's restricted, he probably stays with the Ravens. Yeah, he should stay. And then you have Ingram leaving, so he's now the complimentary back to Dobbins because they're not going to go out and – uh, spend a higher pick on a running back. Right. What do you think about Mike Davis? Damn receivers. Huh? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, we talked about that on the previous episode. It would be nice if they got a wide receiver one. You know, what do you, what are your thoughts on Mike Davis? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, he was really good early on, and then he faded, and then he came back up a little bit for a game or two. I think he's a guy who, if you put him in a situation like San Francisco where they're going to split with Mostert, will look pretty good. But if you just try and make him a 20-touch guy, uh, he's going to wear down pretty quickly. But I thought he did a really good job filling in for CMC, especially early. It's just you saw. like Some guys aren't built for that abuse through a 16-game season. He slowed down. Yeah, I just don't know if he was quite ready for that, right? Like Mike David. This has always been this guy that just fills in a little bit here, there, gets a couple games, and now all of a sudden he's the guy. And CMC is supposed to come back this week. Nope, going to miss another week. Nope, going to miss another week. So, you know, if Mike Davis gets re-signed by the Panthers, which he should be super cheap, give him another one-year deal, why why ruin this situation? He was exactly kind of what you wanted, Played, performed really well in, in CMC's absence, could catch the ball, looked, looked great catching the football. If he stays in the same situation and he's that handcuffed CMC, I'm down uh, to get him. I, I know I was talking about him a lot as somebody that you should look for on your dynasty waiver wires early in the year. And and if for some reason anyone throws him back out um, or, or if you can trade a fourth for him, I think he's a really good handcuff um, for, for that CMC situation. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. And then we go to the dinosaur section. This is your LaShawn McCoys, your Adrian Petersons, your Frank Gores. Probably should have put Todd Gurley in there. He age-wise, he doesn't yeah. match up, you know. But he, he's playing like he's thirty-five instead of twenty-five, so maybe he fits more in that group. Uh, out on all these guys, I'm assuming. Mm, yeah, I'm out. I agree there. So let's. Some some might say this is an interesting tight end class. 
Um, I know you have some thoughts on, on where these guys will go. And let's kick it off with Hunter Henry, who I think year after year, you're like, oh, this is going to be Hunter Henry's year, and then he gets hurt or he doesn't quite get the touchdowns. And he's always been a guy that we draft higher than he always finishes. But this year he, he kind of put it together, got the touchdowns rolling with Herbert in, in a franchise tag year. So I think he gets paid. The, the question is how much and where does he go? Who gives him that money? Um, if it's not the Chargers, Tom, where do you think Hunter Henry ends up? I think he winds up in exactly the same place that he's in. And okay. I'm going to be super boring throughout this conversation because I think for the most part, uh, these guys are going to go back to where they are. Uh, I think Hunter Henry stays. They have space. Justin Herbert loved him. Uh, it clicked. He's healthy. I mean, that's that's what you want. You want to surround your your uh, young quarterback with weapons, right? So why are you going to get rid of him? Your thoughts on Hunter Henry? Yeah, I I think he's a buy because no matter if he stays where he's at or if he goes somewhere else, I think his situation is either going to remain what it is, and he's a, you know a top five dynasty tight end in my eyes with uh, Justin Herbert in that offense. But if he goes somewhere else, like let's say some of these teams that have a ton of cap space, New England, what do they need more than – well, they need kind of all of their positions, right? But they definitely need a tight end. Um, Jacksonville, they have a lot of these other positions filled out. What do they need? A tight end. Indianapolis, ton of cap space. Trey Burton's not it. Mo Cox ain't it. What How Jack dare you? Done. Who do they need? What do they need? A tight end. Uh, New England, Cincinnati, like all the teams that we named with a ton of cap space need a tight end. I mean, imagine him with Joe Burrow. Remember when Joe Burrow was peppering Drew Sample for 13 receptions? Ozuma. Yeah, for a couple games. And then Uzama was. Let the record show I said it right. Uzama, yeah. Uzuma. Uzoma. (laughs) I'm down with it. I'll I'll let that one slide. That That was close enough. But you know what I mean, Tom? Like, there's just tons yeah. of teams that could use him, and I'd be really excited for any of these spots, really. Um, so I think he's somebody that if you need a tight end, you're going to have to pay up for him because he's he's valued as a top five, but he's maybe a buy high that if some people are kind of worried about you know him transitioning to a new team, I think most of these potential destinations are all going to be uh, green lights for him. So you don't think we're going to have an Austin Hooper situation where they go to the landing spot and then you're just like, oh, no, no, no. Man, for how much you're going to have to probably pay him, I think he's going to be around 9 to 10 mil a year. Spotrek has him at four years, 43 mil. I think they're a little bit high on a lot of their estimations, so I'm just a little bit below that. Who Who's going to pay that? I mean, <laughs> Buccaneers, you can't add another tight end there, can you? Uh Gosh, Dolphins, that would ruin Gasecki. They have a little bit of money. Browns, yeah. <laughs> talk about Hooper. Um, so, no, I, I, Broncos won't. I think we're looking at literally all of these top teams, Jaguars, Colts, Jets even, Patriots, Washington, uh, Logan Thomas, I guess that one would be not the greatest, but Bengals. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's going to be a good landing spot no matter where he goes. And we have to keep in mind that all of these teams are going to make a ton of of cuts as far as cutting totally. roster, restructuring deals. So this might look completely different in two months. So we might have to have another show after we kind of um, see what's going on with each team's salary cap. But uh, moving on to another really interesting tight end, Johnu Smith. I think out of the three that I guess we're, we're excited about that we're going to talk about, 
Um, I think Jono is the most likely to leave because I think he's going to get paid the most. I think, well, not the most. Uh, I think Hunter Henry should get paid the most, but I think Jono might beat him because the team might just look at his skill set and say, holy shit, he runs like a deer. Like, right. I remember Johnny, Johnny catches the ball, and you're like, who's that big receiver? What? Yeah. So if he's used right, I think he could actually get more money than Hunter Henry. Um, yeah. But how in the hell do they use Anthony Ferkser and who is it, Michael Pruitt? Like, what in the hell are the Tennessee Titans right. doing not getting this athletic <clears throat> God yeah, on the field right. and the ball in his hands. I mean, they would rush the ball with him in 2019 and he'd pick up 10 yards a rush. He was like a Derrick Henry when Derrick Henry went out. And yeah. then all of a sudden he's losing snaps in red zone targets to Michael Pruitt. Are you serious? Like, <laughs> yeah, many there, but yeah, he needs to go to a team that uses him because this guy is uber athletic. He's young. I think he's only 26. Spotrack has him getting a five year deal, 40 million. Like, people think they think he's just going to get a massive deal here. I, I love his athleticism. I think you can buy low on him. He just needs that right offensive system. And again, we talked about teams that have money, they need tight ends. So that's why I think a lot of these tight ends are going to be buys for me because if any of them leave their situation, I think it only gets better. Yeah. And we talked about their franchise situation last show. They have, was it Simmons, Justin Simmons? No, he's on Denver. There's somebody who they might have to, franchise on the defensive side of the ball that now I'm blanking on. Um, but I could see them franchising Janu as opposed to franchising Corey Davis. They're not going to franchise Corey Davis. Let's be serious. Right. Um, because he's going to be cheaper. So I think that is one reason that he might stay because uh, he's not going to have a choice because I think if he hits the market, a, I think he might want to leave once he sees the opportunities for him, because like you just said, he might say, they're pulling me out right now for this shit bird. I'm tired of it. And he might just want to go. Yeah. I mean, they, they gave him 41 receptions, 448 yards. Like they treated him just like a, another tight end on their roster. Yeah. I'm absolutely excited for him to move on. Jumping to the other tight end that in the, in the, what could be category it's Johnny and Robert Tunyon restricted free agent balls out with Aaron Rodgers gets, double-digit touchdowns, this might be the one tight end. I said a lot of these guys are buys. He might be the one major sell for me just because of his touchdown percentage rate on his catches was just absolutely redonkulous. That is major regressions coming there. Unless, you know, Rodgers can go out and throw another 50 touchdowns, that's totally possible, and and I can see that. But I think he comes down for a little bit. He kind of seems – a little bit like Tyler Higby last year. Now Tyler Higby just did it in the last five games, and Tunyon kind of did it over what weeks five to to seventeen. But he just had touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, and his yardage was so bad that he's a sell for me as a restricted free agent. Probably going to stay with the Packers. Yeah, I mean Rodgers has also looked for a tight end like that forever, and now Rodgers comes out and he says, uh, "You know, I'm not sure where I see myself." He's he's angling to get another contract probably, and he was just really upset. But they finally get one who's awesome in the in the end zone. And listen, that might be all he does. But they have Devontae Adams to move him down the field, and Aaron Rodgers will throw the ball to Devontae Adams 17 times a game, 
if he has to, and whatever else they have on the other side. And on our wide receiver show last time, we talked about Green Bay being a really good spot to add uh, a guy like Will Fuller. Um, so I think he's going to have weapons around him, and I don't think they're going to let Tanyan go anywhere um, because I don't think the market's necessarily going to blow up for him because he only did it, like you said, like 12, 11 weeks, um, and he was mainly a touchdown magnet. Uh, so that's really tough to predict. But when you have Aaron Rodgers, it's not as tough as we saw with Devontae Adams and, you know, big Bobby T. So I think he's also the cheapest out of the three, and that's not even close. Um, so they'll move some money around, and they'll make it to work, uh, make it work to get him under that cap. Yeah, you, you talk about Will, Will Fuller going there. I think that's a little bit spendy for them. You know, I, I think I did say this on our previous episode where Green Bay's never really been one to bring in high profile free agents like that. And then when they're already in a tough cap situation, you said it, they're, they're going to make a ton of moves to get underneath the cap and have space to spend. But I definitely see them drafting one or maybe I don't because they, they skipped on it this last year, but I more, I think it's more likely that they draft a wide receiver, a day two guy uh, to bring in to compliment Devonte Adams. But yeah, again, that's just another detraction probably from Robert Tunyon's value. Well, to your point, though, they may have actually turned a corner because if you remember correctly, last year they added to the defense with Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith. And, I mean, their cap hits next year, 22 mil and 16 mil. So they weren't necessarily shy about uh, adding stuff to the defensive side of the ball. So they've been talking about getting a wide receiver forever. And, you know, I think they're going to find a way to make it work. Like you said, could be through the draft, but Mm – they really were intrigued with Will Fuller, uh, especially at the trade deadline, like we talked about. So yep. maybe maybe they go there. Maybe they spend. Maybe they their their job is essentially to keep Aaron Rodgers happy this year or this off season. If they do bring in, let's say it's a day one or a round two guy, or bring in Will Fuller like caliber wide receiver, how far is that knocking Devontae Adams down for you? I don't necessarily think it does. Really. Yeah, because if you don't have all of the coverage shifted over to him, I mean, let, let's be serious. He destroys coverage, anyways. Right, he destroys it anyway. So now if you have a guy like Will Fuller's over there, and are you really going to be able to play single high safety? Like you're, you're, you can't play robber against them. You're mm-hmm. going to get destroyed. Um, and the MVS, I think we talked about him, and Lazard's a free agent or restricted? He's restricted. And MVS is not a free agent, correct? Nope, he's still under contract. So you still have another deep threat, and you're just talking about – I don't think Adams – Adams' value cannot be hit by somebody else coming in. It's going to wind up being, uh, you know, ageists out there saying, oh, no, DK Metcalf has to be the wide receiver one um, over Devontae Adams because of age. And do not knock Tyreek Hill off of your wide receiver one spot because he is perched there, sir. Yeah, man, he's been balling out. He's been <laughs> awesome. He's, he's been, been so good. So good. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, like stupid good. Like you just, I watch, I watch him every game, and I just go, oh, "Ow! How did you just do that? Like you can't make that move in Madden with a joystick. Mm-mm. What are you doing out there? Nope. So after that long, after that long run, that seventy-five yard run, he didn't make it to the end zone. Gets tackled to the five. He comes over to Andy Reid and apologizes for not scoring a touchdown. <laughs> Sorry, coach. 
<laughs> I was so excited he didn't know because then Kelsey scored a touchdown and I hit my props. Oh man. All right, back to boring old tight ends here. Are we <laughs> As done we go yet? Down. I think we're done, aren't we? I think there's a couple more. These are the aged right. but still producing tight ends. They're Jared Cook and Rob Gronkowski. One, Jared Cook is 100% being cut. He has yeah. too high of a, of a cap hit. Uh, you know, They have no space to resign him. He's 34. End of the line for him, in my opinion. If you have a different one, feel free to say it. Hearing no. none, motion carries over to Gronk. You know, you and I took Gronk in the Scott Fishbowl, and at the beginning we were like, eh, this is a dud, absolutely dud. But then he kind of came on, and he, and he got the end zone. He had a, you know, a couple of, uh, of good games there here and there. Do you think he's worth, you know, a, a third or a late second in tight end premium leagues, or are you just kind of? I, mean, I think I might actually contemplate a, a third. Okay. I might actually do an early four because he might retire again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, he, what's crazy is he's not super old. Like we think no. Gronk's like 35. No, he, I think he's yeah. like 31. Like he's right. not that much older than Ertz. Or... Especially in tight end years, he's not yeah. old. So... But when you, so the thing about Gronk, though, he's, he may be 31, but he was such, he's such a complete tight end. They use right. him to block so much because he's so good at it, and he wants to do it. Like if you were a New England fan, you really appreciated how well of a blocker Gronk was. Right. And then after a few years of – you know, people talking about it. You watch Gronk and you're like, holy hell, he is really good. And he only runs how many pass routes a game? He should be running a lot more than that because they need him in a block. So his body is older than that 31 years. And he knows it, and that's why he walked away because he wants he wants to, you know, drink and be able to live his life. He wanted to be a pro wrestler, let's be real. He wanted to try his hand with Vince McMahon. He won the tw- the title, allegedly, apparently. He won the uh, the twenty four seven title that the changes that hands every five seconds. That counts, man. It counts. <laughs> he lost it. What did he lose it at training camp or something like that? Yeah, some some of the other wrestler came to training camp, pinned him, won it back. It's a great story. Great. I love it. I really would have enjoyed if Bruce Arians pinned him and he got the championship. <laughs> just no, Tom. No, we needed Tom to do that. No, 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 Arians just to see somebody like accidentally break his hip. Tom needs more hardware. He doesn't have enough. Yeah, doesn't have enough bling. And who's going to hit Tom Brady? Yeah, come on. Oh, the right, rock let's... comes off as the defensive end and just destroy, and it's over. Oh my god. He's special referee. Yeah. All right, Tom. Let's finish this out because there is one more guy I definitely want to talk about. Just some depth tight ends that are up for new contracts: Gerald Everett and Dan Arnold. I'm really excited about Gerald Everett. Maybe I'm on an island, but I'm going to advocate for him this whole offseason as we lead up to free agency. You know, he's only 26. We talked about how athletic John New Smith was. Gerald Everett is maybe just one tier down. He's a 90% combine athlete. You know, he's in the 90% athleticism uh, of everybody who performed at tight ends. He, If he goes to the right situation, he's a top 10 tight end for me. Like, he is that young still. He's that athletic. I think he's a super sneaky buy low right now. I think you can get him for a third if it's tight end premium, maybe a late second. And I think that's absolutely a guy that's going to go to a good spot. Him with the Bengals, again, we talked about Joe Burrow throwing to 
X tight end. If that's Gerald Everett, I'm all about it. Jaguars, Pats, we, we said it all before, but I'm excited for Gerald Everett this offseason. Uh, one guy that we didn't talk because he's not a free agent, I don't know if he will be a free agent, but he will be either cut or traded with Zach Ertz. Uh, yeah. So Eagles have to cut money. Ertz had a bad contract situation, uh, and there are very hard feelings apparently on the Ertz side of the ball, which they should not have extended him. Mm-hmm. He did the right thing. So, But Ertz at the same time still, you know, he has beef. He's gone. There's already reports basically coming out and saying that he's, he will not be back with the team. So he will wind up being traded. Uh, perfect spot for him, obviously. Indianapolis, that's going to be the link uh, going out there with Frank Reich. We'll just see if his body can actually uh, come back to form because he did not look like Zach Ertz this year at all. So I'll be really interested there. So if he goes to a team like Indy, his value is going to take a jump and that might be the time to, uh, to sell on him unless you actually think Ertz is going to, you know, come back to base. So you're sell for him. I'm probably a sell as well. I don't have him honestly in too many dynasty leagues, but I just think there, there's a good class that's coming in three really big names, a couple of sneaky other sneaky other names in this rookie class, you know, rookies take a couple years, but uh, we talked about uh, Gusecki's breakout, TJ Hawkinson's coming to form, fans coming to form. Um, I just think there's too many up-and-coming tight ends where Ertz is not going to be a top-12 tight end for me. So I'm, I'm definitely out on that. And then Dan Arnold, I just had to put him in because, you know, Kev, the namesake, uh, you know, was a Dan Arnold guy through and through. And, and I made a bet with him. I said, I don't think Dan Arnold gets 40 receptions this year. Well, he does. So I lost that bet to Kev, won a couple other ones, but uh, Dan Arnold was better than expected. Maybe if he stays with the Cardinals, he still kind of remains somewhat relevant in two tight end leagues, but I don't know. I, I kind of want the Cardinals to draft one of these top three tight ends. Like, can you imagine Brevin Jordan with them or Pat Fairmuth or somebody with Kyler Murray? Oh, Fairmuth. Uh, oh, Patty. Patty, go, 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 go. Oh, you just got me all excited. I mean, I didn't want to say Kyle Pitts. I didn't want to like get us. You know, He's over not going that far. Listen, I, I said it. I said it in a tweet, and we're at the end of the show. But do not be shocked if the Eagles take Kyle Pitts at six. Do not be shocked. Mm, a little too spicy for me. No, don't be shocked. We'll discuss that more because I have, I have, I have data. Ooh. My jaw will be on the floor. You can't tell me what to do. I will be shocked. Facts. And that's how we're going to end the show, Tom, with me telling you that you can't tell me what to do. But you know what? I'm going to tell our listeners that it's rookie season, okay? It we're is done with free agency. Tom, I'm pumped up to talk about rookies. We've been we've been hyping it. We've been previewing a little bit here or there. How pumped are you to get into quarterbacks in our next episode? Ooh, we're doing quarterbacks. Ooh, there's a couple good ones out there. So that, I've that's going to be a fun one. Uh, yeah, so I'm really excited. This year we actually get to talk about all four positions and be relatively excited. Uh, we're probably not going to spend a whole lot of time on the top QB, Trevor Lawrence, unless you have a spicy take. Uh, but after that, we have uh, some good some good debates coming on. And guess what? I am going to tell you what to do. Robbie, end the show. <laughs> Uh, before I end the show, as, <laughs> as 
as me telling you what to do, you have been tasked with finding guests uh, to join our show. Have you found a guest for our first show as we talk about these rookie quarterbacks next week? I will not tell you if I have or not. <laughs> Look at this, battling for authority on the fantasy authority, the TFA Dino Pod. You'll find Tom and I always bantering back and forth. We appreciate you guys listening. We're pumped for the upcoming episode. Stay tuned for it. See Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.